0: Some healthcare workers in Illinois and Indiana, they're calling for better working conditions. Workers organized what they called a march on the boss Thursday, asking hospital leaders to do something about an ongoing staffing shortage. Some workers say that this shortage is putting patients in danger. So to learn more, we are joined by Anne Igo, Vice President for Health Systems at Service Employee International Union Healthcare Illinois, or SEIU Illinois. Hi, Ann. Hi. We're also joined by April McNeil, unit secretary at Northwestern Memorial Hospital and an SEIU union steward. Thanks for joining us,
1: April. You're welcome. Thank you.
0: I'll start with you, April. What was the March on the Boss like? Like what happened during the confrontations?
1: Um, well, we all got together and we get our members together to march to go up to the boss's office. And um, we'll, when we went up there, um, we, our, we permitted our ADA forms, letting them know, like, we need short staff, this is from our members, signing, filling the forms out, signing them, and passing them to the union stewards. Um, we didn't get a chance to meet with any of the bosses because they wasn't there. They had already had left, well. But we left it with the secretary, and I believe they felt our presence.
0: Yeah, so you you had to leave your um, the, the forms with the with the secretary, and what did they say exactly?
1: Um, she just um, she asked who we were, and um, we I explained it to her that we are uh, with work for the hospital. We with the union. Mm-hmm. She um, didn't work for the hospital. She was a temp agency, so she didn't know the protocols. So she just knew from what they had presented her to do her job. So we explained it to her, like, we, the, we are the union. This is what we're here for. Um, this is our paperwork. We had our members to sign and shut out for short staff. Our staff members are being um, pressured, mm-hmm. and we have a lot going on. And mm-hmm. when we understaff, we're not um, properly physically, mentally there to take care of our patients because we short staff.
0: Right, right. And let's bring you in here. Take us back and and tell us more about what led up to this.
2: Um, so I've been in the hospital industry for 14 years and staffing has always been a problem, but it continues to get worse and worse every year as there's just this crunch to kind of squeeze labor and staff what's called staffing to the bone. So if someone calls off or we have a crisis like COVID where we have significant staffing shortages, it just exasperates the problem and we see employers, Northwestern, University of Chicago, Advocate, the safety net employers in the city, Sinai, all of them have the same staffing model of, you know, let's bring in the minimum amount of folks possible um, to, to meet kind of what our minimum needs for staffing that day are. Um and we're just seeing them look at this as a temporary problem. We've heard, you know, employers say, well, when unemployment runs out, people will come back to the hospital. Well, eventually people will come back to work. And we're just not seeing that. I mean, the studies are showing that folks are leaving health care. There's less access to child care um, here in the state of Illinois and in the state of Indiana. People are leaving that industry, too. So folks don't have the ability to care for their kids. And, you know, they're seeing better wages elsewhere. We're seeing Target. We're seeing Amazon offer these higher wages, and our employers are continuing to kind of sit on their hands and just wait it out and pay these exorbitant, you know, temp staffing agency fees where folks are getting $89 an hour, $75 an hour to do the work that our members here at Northwestern. The starting wage for an EVS worker is Mm $15.80. The starting wage for a PCT or a CNA is $18.90. You can't hire folks at that rates those rates right now. Something has to change.
0: I see. And and to be clear, and the staffing shortage, it's not just happening at hospitals, right? This is happening across the healthcare industry.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, you know, in nursing homes, our union fought hard to get additional ARPA funds specifically to raise the raises for nursing home workers and the employers, the owners of the nursing homes, rather than get that money and give the workers raise chose to take a pass on the money and continue to pay the low wages so that they wouldn't have to pay the higher wages in the future. It's ridiculous and it's dangerous and people are going to end up dying as a result. So why make this
0: day of action uh, not just in one hospital, but in locations across Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana?
2: We chose this day of action. We've done hundreds of marches on the boss over the years. We have filled out thousands of what we call assignment despite objection forms when our members end up being short staffed. And in many of our contracts, we do have good language about grids or, you know, what happens when you're short staffed. But this isn't a problem that is solved because one person makes a complaint or one department makes a complaint. And what we continue to see is that they push staffing in one area and another area, the hospital ends up being short-staffed. And what we want to be able to send is a message that this is an industry problem, that this can't be solved by just, you know, giving someone an extra $10 or $15 an hour to work when they're short-staffed, but we actually need to you know, put in a lot more resources to be able to recruit folks in back into this industry so that we're not constantly making decisions of, do I have a sitter on the floor or do I, you know, put that person to, you know, work in the emergency room or do I make it so that we can have more clean beds so that people can actually, you know, get out of the emergency room. Mm -hmm. Um, And our folks just, you know, it's, it's, they have to watch because they're not making the decisions. They're just doing the work. Right, right. April, I mean, you
0: mentioned that the the march on the boss didn't actually happen. Like, I mean, you didn't actually confront the boss because they weren't available at the time. But was it stressful for you making that move, confronting supervisors?
1: It's stressful. And the employees, my co-workers, um, stressed out about being short staffed. Yeah. We have PCTs here, which which is our patient care tech, getting 20 patients. And the nurse is only getting four, yeah, and um so it was basically to get the um boss to know, like look, we short staff, so when we get the patients are being short staffed being taken care of, and something needs to be done so i we presented those a d o forms, we left them with the secretaries um on the third floor of the bosses. So we're just waiting on to hear from them now.
0: And, and from your point of view, April, is, is this a new problem or is this staffing this shortage always an issue? Problem.
1: It's an ongoing issue. Issue. Even the nurses been coming um, to me and asking like, what can we do to get something done about us being short staffed? But when the managers go for the nurses, they get theirs worked out. It's just us, the you union. Know? Mm-hmm.
0: So why was it important then to, to have these conversations now?
1: It's it's always been important because it was here, we, we're here for our patients, and we don't want to see not one patient get the proper care that they need. And that's the reason why these patients come here for our service, and that's what we're here to do. We're here to be on our front line and do our job, and we can't do the job when we're short. we being overwhelmed and overworked.
0: And has has COVID and, and monkeypox exacerbated this staffing issue?
2: Absolutely. What it really showed is that our healthcare delivery system was not capable of handling a public health crisis. Um, We've seen hospitals that have had to change, you know, the focus in terms of, you know, can we treat COVID patients or can we provide OB services? And now we've seen OB services permanently shut down in some of the hospitals across, you know, Illinois and Indiana. Um, So I'm afraid, you know, the next kind of wave that we see, we're going to see this happen again. Back in December and January when we saw Omicron hit, entire departments were shut down because every single person in that department was out with COVID. Um, and again, we were back into a crisis mode that the hospital had two years, a year and a half to prepare for since COVID hit. And yet we still saw them kind of caught unprepared. Um, and our members just are raising this as a kind of, Hey, look, this is a problem. Yeah. Um, we will, you know, also be taking this to the state legislature around issues of staffing and giving employees a voice. Like April mentioned, like, it's really stressful on the floor. It might be scary to go do, um, you know, talk to the boss, but as you saw, like, our bosses are locking their doors, they're hiding at home behind their computers. And so we need to make sure that we're holding them accountable through our union contract, through our assignment despite objection forms, but also through the state legislature, that they can no longer get away with staffing these such low levels.
0: And what's the response from, from hospital leaders been since that demonstration last week? Are they still locking their doors?
2: So, <laughs> well, I mean, North, Northwestern gave a quote in a press release that said, hey, they would love our help in filling their vacancies. We've offered help. We have given very clear suggestions. We've offered to open our contract up early, and each of our um, proposals have been denied. So I'd like to know what else they'd like to hear from us because we've given them some clear um, suggestions on what our members say would take to retain folks. You know, people get hired, and a month later, They're not working there because the workload is too much. So, I mean, yeah, it's a crisis. But it also means we've got they have to start listening to the frontline workers.
0: April, what's the uh, what's the impact of this understaffing on the patients? Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah. So, um, when they're short staffed, you have patients that doesn't get bathed. They might get their vitals, and they might get their vitals taken. But it's not bad, or probably not even saying bad, nurse, because the nurses put so much on the PCTs. And the PCTs, they go in there and they say, you know what, this might be my family member. So I'm going to go in here. If I have to be in here 30 or 40 minutes, I'm going to make sure my patients are taken care of. Mm-hmm. If the nurses don't do their job, they just don't do their job, but I'm going all the way in for my 20 patients.
0: Have you heard anything directly from patients about? The care that they're receiving
1: um, from the when on a pct side of point um, they give good um, comments okay seeing how great the pct was how they was able to get up out the bed when the nurses said that they couldn't and the pct was able to get the sets set of things and have the patient sit up in a chair and just making progress
0: and are they are there any plans in place if hospital leaders decide not to respond to the, the workers' actions?
2: I mean, um, several, several of our hospitals have open contracts. Um, so, you know, they have no choice but to be able to respond. And our members, you know, know the power of their voices, right? And we will continue to share the narrative of what happens when you short staff. You know, Northwestern, you know, was on bypass even before the pandemic they were going on bypass 30 percent of the time and and it wasn't because they didn't have enough beds in their emergency room it's because they didn't have enough clean beds and we know we rang the alarm bell then we're going to continue to ring the alarm bell on this until we see change so you'll see more kind of actions um, across the city and state you'll see more from us both in Indianapolis and in Springfield you know we're working you know with other groups, you know, that care about this too, this is something that is important and staffing is one of the ways in which you can improve care. It's the number one way, right? Yeah. Staff appropriately.
0: So are we actually seeing healthcare workers leaving the industry
1: altogether?
2: Yes. I mean, where are April, they going? Can... April, do you want to share where folks are going when they leave?
1: Oh, so when they leave Northwestern, they go to other hospitals with less stress. And more help, more teamwork. They'll leave mm-hmm. here and they'll go, like, to Rush or different other Chicago-only in hospitals. Yeah. Wow. And, and some they, of them the main reason that Northwestern been number one for the executive nine or ten years. Yeah.
2: Go ahead, Ann. And I was going to say, they're also going to Amazon, right? I mean, a lot of our folks, you know, are working in Amazon now as the rates are higher there.
0: So we you know burnout is an issue, and and it's a huge factor in all of this, right? If we're understaffed, I'm I'm overworked. What are you doing to to cope with the stress that's coming from work, April?
1: Well, I I give them um, good advice and um, try to keep them in good spirits. I do like the mental illness help with them and. Tell them, like, don't stress out. I'll either call a PCT from another floor, a PCT from another floor, and ask them, hey, if you have less patients, do you think you can help out with this PCT that's working with 20 patients or 15 patients? And I'll just give a small little pep talk and make it work.
0: Yeah. April McNeil is an SEIU Union Steward and Unit Secretary at Northwestern Memorial Hospital. And Ann Igo is the Vice President of Health Systems at Service Employee International Union Healthcare Illinois or SEIU Illinois. Thank you both.